Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, hello and welcome to worship. It's good to be with you. Uh, If I haven't met you before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. If this is your first time to tune in with us at Kindred, uh, we're especially glad that you have tuned in. Uh, Today, we've got a a special treat. Our friend Minoka Yance is going to preach for us. Uh, For those of you that that may not know, uh, Minoka is a graduate of Duke Divinity School. She's on staff now at Duke Divinity School, and uh, she graciously volunteers her time and, and pastoral gifts in a variety of ways for us here at Kindred, and it's always a joy when she can uh, when she can preach. Before we hear from her, uh, the scripture today is from uh, Paul's letter to the Galatians. Uh, we're looking at Galatians chapter 3 verses 23 through 29 and it says this, before faith came we were guarded under the law locked up until faith that was coming would be revealed so that the law became our custodian until Christ so that we might be made righteous by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a custodian. You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now if you belong to Christ, then indeed you are Abraham's descendants and heirs according to to the promise. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, Let's listen now as Minoka preaches for us. Here in today's scripture verses from Galatians, we see Paul writing to the people of Galatia about their identity crisis. Now the Galatians were struggling with living out their calling in their pagan community or environment. Paul's letter was hoping to help define the mission and identity of the church in Galatia. The Galatians were predominantly a Gentile community, and during the time that Paul was writing to them, they had been encountered by some agitators who were claiming a gospel other than the one true gospel. Now at the time this letter from Paul to the community was written, there was actually a transition happening. The law, being the Mosaic law, was given to the people of Israel from God many years before. It was used to help the early Christians. The law was like a disciplinarian, coming from the Greek word pedagogos. This type of disciplinarian wasn't necessarily a teacher, but rather someone that was like a slave supervising children. In essence, the law was established to supervise the church in its early stages of life. But there was a time when Christians reached a stage of maturity when, when the law need not be the boundary that they used. This is what Paul speaks of in our lesson today. The law is no longer the distinguishing mark of God, but Christ is. This transition away from the law was proof that God believed in humanity, that we had exactly what we, being humanity, needed in order to be good followers of Christ. 
It reminds me kind of of what a parent might be like as they're preparing for their child to fly the coop or go off to college or go into that next stage of development because they can see there are signs that freedom could be the next step for their child. For God, the outward and visible sign of this readiness is faithfulness to the true identity, that being followers of Jesus Christ. Now, it's not really always easy to remember our identity. I remember before going to divinity school at Duke, I would primarily live in what's called code switching. For those who may not know that term, code switching is often used to describe presenting oneself in ways that complement the context in which you are presently in. It is often used for underrepresented minorities in majority spaces. So I would switch between various different identifiers, young adult, sometimes Sri Lankan, maybe just American. I focused sometimes on being female in certain, st- in certain spaces or often connected to my geographical identity in other spaces. It can sometimes be a process that you do intentionally, but not always. One of the many things, though, that I learned while I was in divinity school was I was waiting for someone to give permission to me to be myself. My entire life, I've struggled with where I fit in, hence the code switching. I'm short, dark-skinned Sri Lankan girl who grew up in southwest Virginia. I didn't exactly fit anywhere. But during this season of life, I figured out it didn't really matter. Because I did fit into the most important space, the heart of God. And I don't think that this lesson is always connected to just going to divinity school. Our role in the kingdom of God is the most important thing that we will ever do. Everything else, though important, enriches the human experience. Life then becomes freedom. It's no longer about what we can do, but about what God has already done. We see in this third chapter of Galatians, Paul preaching a sense of unity and identity under the kingdom of God, rather than that Mosaic law. We are heirs according to the promise of the kingdom of God, not a genetic line. The mindset enables us to see others in a new light as well. Seeing each other as clothed in Christ tells us in verse 27 and enables society's barriers to be broken. Some of you who've been in kindred a while may have heard me say this before, but God is asking of the church to focus on unity, not uniformity. One of my favorite movies of all time is Remember the Titans. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to do so. It's a true story of a 1971 high school football team in Virginia who was forced to racially integrate. This integrated team forces the community as well as its players to face fears and reevaluate preconceived judgments. One of my favorite scenes of this movie comes towards the end after the white team co-captain is put into the hospital after a car accident. His black co-captain, who over the movie becomes one of his close friends, comes to visit him in the hospital. The attending nurse looks at this black man wanting to visit and says, Sorry, only kin allowed. Immediately, Gary, the white character, tells the nurse, Are you blind? Can't you see the family resemblance? 
That's my brother. The two go into this heartfelt conversation about growing old and fat together and about leaving the hatred behind them. It ends with Gary showing the transformation of his first judgments of Julius, the black character. I was afraid of you, Julius. I only saw what I was afraid of. Now I know I was only hating my brother. If we, as a body of Christ, can fix our internal divisions and fears towards our differences, the effect will follow to the rest of the world. The profound differences between people are nothing compared to the power of Christ to reconcile all things. The more the Galatians found that their identity and acted in the resemblance of Christ, the less the work of the law became necessary. You, just as I, are filled with many human-made, institutionally constructed identities. We are broken people striving to find worth in what it means to be or to find ourselves in a particular way. But our worth has been placed in the wrong things. Our worth needs to be placed and is already established in Christ. What Paul is asking the Galatians, and I am asking you today, is to remember where your worth is and resemble your true identity in Jesus Christ. If we can collectively do that, our faithfulness, not our society's markers, will lead us forward. A new faithfulness has dawned in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God has done a new thing in Jesus, and as part of the family of Abraham, has, a, has supplied the Holy Spirit to the church, i.e. to you and I. And to continue that work is what we are asked to do as the church. We are the new thing, and I am pretty convinced that most Christians look and act no different than any other group of humans that could be found together on a Sunday morning. Y'all, the true vision of the church is to be a place for everyone. End of story, period. And to be really honest, I'm not sure the execution of this vision is something that has been tried and didn't actually work. More times than not, the vision of what the true church should be that Paul is writing to the Galatians about has actually not been fully done. It oftentimes has been looked at, thought to be too difficult, and given up on. That's why I love Kindred Church so much, because we are willing to do the hard work and to do what is important for unity, not necessarily uniformity, because that is who the church is supposed to be. We are not a church that chooses to stay insular. So let's take today's passage from Galatians to heart. Don't let anyone tell you that church is not for you, because the true church, the one envisioned by God, is a place that navigates, as complicated as it may be, the world as it is and as it should be. Let us all own the role of being that church, here in this space and in every other space that we may find ourselves. Let us pray. God, thank you for making the church, for helping us, each of us, to know that we are part of this church, a place and space that we can feel truly loved by you. 
Thank you for Paul in the way that he wrote to the people of Galatia and helping them to see their true identity in your son. Let us model that for our church here at Kindred Church and as we represent the church in all the places and spaces where we may find ourselves. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in our bodies and in the body that is Kindred Church so that our world may be a place that you could be proud of. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you so much, Minoka, for sharing that message with us. Uh, friends, just a few things here for you before we go. Uh, first, if you are new to Kindred, I would love the chance to connect with you, but I can't do that if I don't have your contact information. So uh, click the link that says connect in the description here, and uh, I'll be sure to follow up with you later this week. would love to, to get to know you a little bit, and if I can, uh, help you find your place in our Kindred community. Uh, also, if you're local, we would love to see you in in-person worship, and we also have a variety of, of social events and, and activities that we're doing as a church uh, this summer. Uh, you can get all the details about that on our church website, which is kindrednc.church, uh, and also through our weekly newsletter, which we've got linked for you uh, here below. Uh, and then finally, uh, do be sure to, to check out this week's updates that we've got linked for you in the, the description, and that'll keep you posted on all that we've got going on here at Kindred this summer. Well, with that, friends, I hope you have a great week and may the peace of Christ be with you. Listeners, this free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.